Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's another episode of Should I Play That? It's Chris and Rod here. It's another episode, episode 11. And listen, listen, guys. 11 episodes of consistency and quality. I was going to say, don't for, don't forget the quality. And quality, quality has been high. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on, Rod? How you doing, man? Uh, not bad, man. It has been... A week. It has been a week. I'll talk a little bit about that about that in the next segment, but um, it has been quite a week. But I'm super oh, excited shit. because yeah. Wait, no, no. I just remembered like what you went through. So oh. I'm <laughs> I'm excited to sit back and just listen to you just talk about it. But relive my pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm I'm super excited though because we have an awesome guest here, uh, friend of the show. And not to mention, like you said, episode 11. That means 10 more episodes until we are on episode 20. So it's a countdown all over again. Reset the clock. Yep. So, like you said, we have a special guest in the building. Uh, Elena, what's going on? Thanks for joining us today. How you doing? No problem. Good to be here. Uh, I'm doing well. A little bit sick, but other than that, doing fine. So now when, when you say sick, is it like pollen? Because like over here in Atlanta, like the pollen count is ridiculous. Like is I, it... <laughs> I honestly don't know. I was taking graduation pictures and uh, well, I was getting graduation pictures taken for me and uh, my friend was sick. And then I don't know if I just caught it. I don't know what it is. Mm. 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 Well, can't beat me. Can't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, thanks thanks for you know coming on the show. This uh this episode we have uh you know once again we go over gaming news, we go over um like you know topics that are on our minds, and I don't know like whatever you guys that are listening to uh to the show if you want to if you want us to talk about certain subjects if you want to um, I want to start doing like like email thing like an email yes. segment like that would be dope so yes. emails comments um reviews if you guys could do reviews that would be dope yes ratings help a lot please send ratings um yeah i also with the email thing really quick they can be silly like you, you if you you want it like a, just to ask us a really random question like i mean obviously it's got to be show appropriate but but you know like if, you know ask it like we're we're here um thank you yeah. So I guess, I guess in the meantime, you could send those messages to our uh, Facebook page. It's that should I play that? Um, speaking about our Facebook page, we, uh, we get some pretty good traction from these mm-hmm. streams. So mm-hmm. shout out to everyone that comes out to the streams this past week, Rod. You were a guest on the stream. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. It was the first stream I was a part of. So thank you. If you are checking this out, uh, Ben or what was the other guy's name who was just completely destroying us? Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm so sorry. But I put a bounty on his head in Smash Brothers. And no one was able to complete the task. But it was it's pretty fun. And thank you. If you're checking the show out from that, I, I appreciate you being in the streams. And uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Yeah. So, uh just like we normally say, you know, you can catch us anywhere that you could listen to your podcast. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor FM. And once again, thank you for joining. So uh, if you haven't listened to us before, we like starting off the show with a small little segment called What You've Been Playing. And with us having a special guest this week, Elena, 
What you been playing? Uh, mainly, I've been playing the Assassin's Creed Odyssey final DLC, The Fate of Atlantis, Episode 1, called Elysium. Wait, and... Episode episode 1? They're, they're yes. releasing the DLC in chunks? Yeah, they did that for um, Legacy of the Blade as well, the first DLC. Mm. Its structure is very similar to... Assassin's Creed Origins, where their first chunk of DLC is mainly story and lore-based, and then the second one is more of the um, mythology of whatever uh, country that they're in. Mm -hmm. Like, um, the Curse of the Pharaoh, you get to go into, like, the different versions of Pharaoh's... um, like the Duwa or like the mm. afterlife, and that is what this is for. But it's Atlantis, but they called it Elysium, and I meet Persephone, who's uh, Hades' wife. So it's mm. very much mythological in that sense. Hmm. Interesting. So it, does it feel different than the main game? Are you doing the same types of things, or do you get different kinds of missions? Like, what what are you mainly doing? Uh, in this one, the Legacy of the Blade, everything took place in the main uh, map, but in this one, you actually get to go to the different worlds. So it's a whole new world, um, very colorful. The enemies are a lot tougher because they can, like, negate your uh, super um, special moves and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it seems strange to, like... Like, whenever you first go in um, and you, like, look at the map, it's, like, decrease uh, Persephone's control. And you're, like, why? She's, like, controlling this area. She's the god of – or the goddess of this world. Why would you want to do that? So mm-hmm. – and then so, you just go into detail and find out what happens and why you need to do that. So hmm. here's here's my question, and I'm pretty sure everyone else – it's on everyone else's mind about this DLC. Do you get a trident? Uh, you can get a trident in the main game. You go to an island where there's a giant um, statue of Poseidon, and you can get a his golden trident there. Oh, well. And it damn. lets you breathe underwater. Wow, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot that. You, it has there's, perks. Yeah, there's, like, underwater gameplay, because in Origins, they introduced that, right? Or was that in Black Flag as well? Um. I know in Black Black Flag and Origins, you can uh, swim underwater, but, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's a bar. And in Origins, you can just extend his breath, but in this one, you can just have it forever. Hmm. And I would not recommend playing Odyssey first and then Origins because, one, story is going to be a little bit weird and spoilery. And, two, Origins is a bit rougher than Odyssey, so whenever you try to go back, you're like, oh, I don't have these awesome moves or whatever, and you're just using your bow and arrow and parry system. Hmm. Yeah, I am playing through Origins. I use that term loosely because I'm jumping yeah, between. Yeah, you are. I'm so mad. <laughs> you need to finish. It's a good game. Uh, it, it is good. It's good. I, I I agree. It is a good game, and I will go back to it at some point. But um, but. It, I've enjoyed my time with it. With Odyssey, did you enjoy the base game for Odyssey? It was 
Yes. You sound like you're yeah, hesitating. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like my friend, I have a friend, she is playing it. And she hasn't played it in a while, but mm-hmm. she was going for the completionist thing. And I said, that is a terrible idea. There is way too much stuff to do. Yeah. Like too many like little objectives to complete or whatever. And I did that in Origins. It was fine because the map was a lot smaller. But this, there's way too much stuff. And it's just, it's a lot to take in. So I didn't do that as much. And the story, I had a, like, I did a lot of guide lookups to, like, get the quote-unquote best ending. But, like, if you want to make it to, like, a real Greek tragedy, like, you should, like, fuck up all those side quests and main stories just to get, like, the saddest (laughs) ending if you want a Greek tragedy. Jeez, it sounds like I want to try that my first playthrough. (laughs) Right. It's right. super sad because the the final scene, um, you just get like like all the the main characters are kind of like together, but if you fuck up, there's like no one there, and Cassandra or Alexios is just sitting there really sad. Wow. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> there's some humor into that, but like it just looks really sad. Yeah. Like you don't get the the happy everyone made it ending mm. you get the the real life tragedy so so one thing with these games and and probably the main reason why it kind of bums me out that i genuinely want to play odyssey i took a, a trip to greece last year and i was able to see some of the behind the scenes footage that they um that that they used to kind of like create this game and how it would like the 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 models that they use and architecture and things like that, like I'm able to actually see context for like real life context for something that I physically saw. Um, and so I'm, I'm super stoked to play it, but what you just said kind of like, I don't know, is like giving me hesitation because once I finish, if I ever finish Origins, like Origins is a big game. It's a very large game. And I think Odyssey is. Yeah, and so, yeah, and you say, like, hey, this is bigger, this has, like, don't go for the completionist, this is gonna take, like, 70, 80 hours, like, you know, there's so much to do, even in the base game, that it kind of scares me a little bit, like, it's almost too much to do in a way, where, like, Ubisoft completely went, like, they went full Ubisoft, it seems like, in Origins and Odyssey, um, and, and I guess it's not necessarily a bad thing if you're, like, enjoying the moment to moment, and the world, the characters, and all that other stuff, um, but it's, like, Oh, man, oh, there's I... some very funny See, moments. Because I was going to say, because, I mean, I was thinking the same thing when you were bringing that up. And, yeah, like, hearing that a game has, you know, uh, 40 to 70 hours of gameplay, like, you sit back and you think, damn, like, do I have time to really play this? But, like, if you really enjoy it, like, I think back to when Red Dead 2 came out, and, like, I legit, like, played that every night to get through it. And that's another one of those, like, longer games that, they throw a ton of side missions in your face. Not saying that I did all the side missions, but I did a good chunk. And at the end of the day, if like a game's gameplay loop could like keep you entertained, keep you invested in the story, keep you invested right. in gameplay, right. like, that's what matters. Like, yeah. g- give us, give us something. Like, I understand you might not be able to give us, you know, all of that. You know, not be able to give us a great story and give us great gameplay. If the gameplay isn't all that, give us a great story. If you could do both. Yo, you might be game of the year. Who knows? Yeah. I would say it's both. Just pick Cassandra because Alexios, he sounds like 
He sounds really dumb. Like, <laughs> like a dumb fruit. But Cassandra is witty and, like, is with it. Yeah. I've heard that. It's not the yeah. first time I've heard yeah. that. I, I've, I've seen some footage of both, and Cassandra definitely looks like, like that's where it's at. And, and I just think that the idea of playing, like, as a, a, a woman assassin in these games is, it's definitely better to me because we haven't seen that nearly as much as, like, you know, the gruff brute dude. Um, oh, you know, it's I, so woman focused now. Like, mm-hmm. your new main, uh, Desmond, uh, it's a girl named Layla, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you pick Cassandra, more women, um, like, it's very women-focused. So yeah. I'm curious about the news or the leaks of it being Viking. That would be some badass shit. Oh, yeah. I don't want to get too... I want some. I want some God of War. I want more God of War stuff. Yeah, like I've uh I, I won't go too far into the this topic here, but but man, I've read something earlier about how the the rumors are that there's like a character creator and they're going to allow like black people in it. Which, oh, snap. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, day 1. So, I'm extremely happy with their decisions on Wait, that. Wait, and this is still going to be like set in like Viking time? Yeah. Black people huh. were around back then. Yeah, exactly. What? Say that again. Say that one more time. For <laughs> yeah, let me say it a little back. louder for the people in the back. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I I really am hyped for for them to 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 do this. Like, I mean, it, it representation matters. We're gonna talk about this in another episode, I'm sure. But like, things like that really really matter. Um, and and it makes me happy. So I'm happy to see people of color getting shine, women getting shine. Everybody needs to get shine. So. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I so. still want Assassin's Creed Japan, though. I do want that. I do yeah. want that game. And a proper Assassin's Creed China, not that bullshit 2D shit. Proper <laughs> China. You want the real thing? I want yeah. the real thing. Yeah, for sure. I for played sure. it and I was bored after the first mission. <laughs> well, maybe if you finish it one day, you have to come back on and 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 talk talk to us about it. I'd be curious. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for that, Elena. Um, yeah. We will move on to, I guess, me. I'm next. Mm-hmm. What, uh, Chris, do you want to ask me those those magic words? Yo, so Rod, <laughs> what you been playing? <laughs> thank you. I thought you'd never ask. Um, I am, I've been playing Days Gone. Uh, again, uh, more of this. <laughs> and uh, so... Where's, where's my popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Chris? You know what? So last week, you know, if you listen last week, you know, we talked about it a, a bit, like a little bit, not as much as like I, I really wanted to because we didn't really get a chance to, to really dig into the game um, as much as we wanted to at the time. We've got like a few hours. I put in a lot of time into this game last weekend, like a lot, um, because... Oh, before I get to that, let me mention real quick. Sony customer support, chat, never use it. It is terrible. It It is really bad. I accidentally locked myself out of my console. Two-step verification. I, I had it activated on my console. It was actually attached to an old number I had. I've gotten my number changed recently. So I'm using a new number, but I did not get a chance to to get the two-step off of my console before I changed my number. So it was essentially locked out of PSN. 
So that was a huge pain in the ass because I couldn't log on to anything. I couldn't get any patches. I couldn't get, God knows I'm playing a, a game like Days Gone. I need those patches when they come. <laughs> so, so, you know, I couldn't access any of this stuff. No trophies. Trophies wouldn't update. I couldn't even look at my trophies because they sync to the, the network. So I couldn't even look at any of that stuff. Um, I couldn't access any saves, free game, PlayStation Plus games. Forget about it. It's not happening. So I called them on a Saturday. Phone support is openly open through Monday through Friday. So if, if you're screwed on a weekend, you're just screwed. So um, they told me that they couldn't verify my identity over chat. They asked me a bunch of questions like my name and what where I created the account, like physically where I created it. Um, what? Yes, yes. That was a real question they asked. Um, I don't even know how they determined that, but they did somehow. And they asked me like what kind of games I had on there and everything. They said I answered all of those to the best of my ability. They said like, oh, what payment account or payment method do you have? All of that, all of which is true. I gave them the serial number on the back of the console, and they said that they couldn't verify my identity. So I had to wait two extra days because I had done that on Saturday. I had to wait through Sunday and then Monday night um, because I had to work Monday, obviously. So then. Uh, I had to wait till Monday night to call them, call support, and dude picked up, handled it in 10 minutes, asked me the same questions, the same bullshit he asked me, and handled it in 10 minutes. Got it turned off, uh, two-step turned off, and I was able to access my console again. So moral of the story, don't – either if you use two-step verification on your console, generate which the backup. You, which you should. Which you should. You absolutely should do this, but but generate the backup code. Write it down somewhere. Write it down maybe three times on three different pieces of paper and make sure that you have it because you will be screwed if something happens and you will genuinely lock yourself out of your console. Because what they told me over chat was to just make a new account. So no, they 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 were like, uh, I think you should uh buy a new PlayStation, yeah. uh, buy, uh, make a new account and buy another year of PlayStation Plus. And that should yeah. fix all your problems. Yeah, I was like. Hell no. So that was definitely not happening. Um, but yeah, shout out to Liam on PlayStation phone support. That dude was really cool. We actually ended up like talking a bit over, like, he asked me what kind of games I like to play like genuinely. And then he talked about going to Evo like last year and all this other stuff. So he's actually a pretty cool dude. So use phone support. Anyway, moving on to Days Gone. So played a lot more of this game and I've got to say, I feel like I found more things to like, but also more things to not like. <laughs> um, so I really am kind of teetering on the edge of like I, – I go back and forth often between kind of thinking this game is okay. I don't think that I, I'm confident enough to say that I like it, but I don't think that but, – but I don't know if I – I don't think I hate the game either. There are certain things that it does really, really well. So, for example, I really like – the mocap in this game, like the facial expression, like the animations on the characters, similar to how Anthem was. Like, it, I think the game looks really good, genuinely. Like, I think it's it, it's it's got really great um, great lighting. Like, the engine that they're using is really really good for rendering that stuff. And I think it's a it's I would say I would go so far to say it's a joy to look at the game. Now, if we're going to talk about playing the game, I think that is a little more – it's more tedious. I don't – because I don't think the answer is as simple as it's not a fun game to play or it's not a good game to play. Um, I think there are several elements that kind of hold it 
back a little bit, which are kind of like the survival elements. You kind of run through supplies very, very quickly in this game. Um, you have to gas up your bike, which is kind of a neat idea and concept. But in execution, it's really a huge pain in the ass because you could be literally, quite literally, in the middle of nowhere and have your bike run out of fuel and have to hoof it because I have not found a, a method to, like, travel quickly to your bike. Like, I don't even think you can. If you can, it might be, like, a perk later on that I just don't have yet. But I, I have to physically run to my bike. Um, you already don't have a lot of stamina unless you level it up. I've been doing this deliberately because of situations like this. Um, I haven't even found a really good way to take down the zombies, honestly, or the freakers or whatever the hell. Like, I, I haven't even found a good method of doing that because when you first start, like, you really have one main melee attack to use on the zombies, and that's kind of it. Um, you, there are combos you can do later on in the skill tree. So, it, it's, it's a game that seemingly starts sloppy, maybe by design. And they expect you to put like 20, 30, maybe 40 hours into it before it kind of plays how you would expect it to play normally. And again, I get it. Cognitively, I understand why they do that, but it just makes it a little bit of a chore to play. I do like some of the world building in it. Like, like the world that you're actually dropped into is, it's kind of interesting. It's not, it's not super different than what you see in like Walking Dead or other post-apocalyptic stuff, but like there is, I, I'll admit, there is a little bit of a novelty to playing like this open world, uh, game, like survival horror game where, you know, you have these different factions, you know, kind of interacting in the world, kind of in an arbitrary manner. So maybe not super organically, but. It, it seems like the ambition is there. It just seems like Bend couldn't just nail that execution where they really needed to. Deacon won't shut the hell up. He's always talking. He's always talking about something. Um, it's really weird. Like, let me give you just one quick example. Like, if, if you are, so for example, you're going back and forth between your best friend or brother-in-law i'm not even sure what he is at this point i've played like 10 15 hours of this game i have no idea but uh you're going like you go to him execute like a mission or something he talks to you and then you like leave the his the base right not even 30 seconds later he picks up the intercom he's like hey deke and also if i hear the word deke one more fucking time like it'll be way too soon but he's like hey deke like bro uh it's been a long time since we talked brother uh, and like, and it's like, dude, I just left. Like, we we just saw each other, bro. Like, what are you what are you talking about? Um, and things like that happen all the time. There's a really weird mechanic where you pick up voice recordings and they play super loud through your controller speaker. Turn your controller speaker volume all the way down. You okay? Does it give you an option now to do that? Um, not in the game. You have to actually go into the PlayStation 4 menu itself and turn it off. Like turn wow. the yeah, they do not offer an option in the game for that. Um, it is abnormally loud. It's 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 irritating, honestly. So I feel like I've talked a lot about this. Um, are, are you guys curious at all about this? Do you guys have like any sort of questions or anything I can comment on or shed some light on since I've played a lot of this game? Is it like World War Z zombies or the uh, 
Game of Thrones walking, or the undead, like, <laughs> water flow of zombies? I, um, and did they a, nail it? It's a little bit of both. So by World War Z, do you mean, like, are they super fast? Well, like, they have, like, this, like, mere water flow of just, like, they run so fast that it just looks like waves of bodies just coming at you and oh, how they yeah. climb up walls and stuff like that. Okay. By just throw bodies on top of each other. Yeah. So I think in World War Z, and it's not a game I've played, but it's a game I've seen footage of, and I think I know what you're. No, talking not the game. About. I'm talking about the movie. With oh, Brad the movie. Pitt. Oh, I have seen yeah. the movie. Okay. I think, so I, yeah. I think what she's. Uh, yeah. So I, I think isn't that like close to what like the hordes are in that game? Yeah. So that's exactly kind of like what it is, and I've ran into a few hordes um, only at night. I think they, I'm not sure if they appear during the day. They might, but I have only run into them at night um, so far. And there truly is like it seem, seemingly like 150, 200 on screen at once, which is kind of cool. Like that aspect of it is neat. And like, but again, I haven't found a way to deal with them. Like I don't even know if you're supposed to at this point. The game doesn't really tell you. You just kind of they're they're just there and i haven't really messed with them I, i've died to them a couple times because i ran into a tree or something on accident and like fallen off my bike and i just can't get up fast enough and they just maul you um but yeah like to answer your question about that like yeah it, it kind of is like world war z it doesn't seem like they're as coordinated as the world war z zombies like they're not like climbing on top of each other so it seems like they're programmed to kind of be um not 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 like one mass but like just 150 different zombies, kind of all climbing on something. Not necessarily. Well, they cannot be as uh, coordinated as the Game of Thrones zombies. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I definitely don't think it's like that. But um, but yeah, they're they're kind they're very fast. They all run towards you. I haven't really encountered any different types of zombies, so I'm not sure if that comes into play later. Like at some point. Um, there are, well, there are like, so you've got the main ones, like the normal humanoid looking ones, and then you've got like the small little children zombies, uh, called newts, and they don't really fight you very much. I think they can hop on top of you, like, from above, like if they're on a roof or something, but they usually call other zombies, and you're supposed to, I guess, kill them before they can do that. Um, but other than that, there's, they're, they don't really come in different varieties or anything like that, but, yeah. Um, I don't know. So far, it's – I hear it's very long. I don't know if I'm down for a 30, 40-hour 40 adventure in Days Gone, but um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. I'll probably check in next week as well just to see, like, if my mind changes on this. But, I, I mean, I'm still playing it. I haven't sold it yet, so that's a good sign. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't that's... take my route of uh, selling Anthem, like, two weekends later. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I mean, let's just say two weekends. You, I had mine for a weekend. How many days gone was that? Mm, I think about three. Three. Three days gone. Yeah. How about this? I'll just wait for Last of Us 2 if they announce it at the State of Play tomorrow. Honestly, that is probably a better option. Like, I hope people aren't, like, going into this thinking it is going to be, like, Last of Us because it is not. Like, And it really wants to be, too. That's the sad yeah. part. Yeah, and they, they, they crib certain elements from that, like the crafting stuff, like crafting on the fly, um, at the very beginning of the game, like kind of what the story, the type of story they're trying to tell, which I will say, I don't think it's a particularly well-written game right now, but I'm 
there are there's like certain beats that I do want to kind of see play out. Not necessarily because like I'm super invested, but just because just on an academic level, like I want to know what all of this is for. Like, what are we building to here? So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll talk a little bit about that next week. But I feel like I've talked about this enough for now. Chris, <laughs> what you been playing? Man, so after you know a week of ha, I said a week after three days of days gone. I needed I needed something that I knew wouldn't really, like really disappoint me. So I was going back and forth whether or not I was gonna buy a Dragon's Dogma. And I did. I imposed on it like at two AM in the morning after editing something. So <laughs> So I finally had some time to play it. And if you uh if you don't know, Dragon's Dogma is or yeah, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen it's a PS3 game that was, you know, uh, you know, up and updated for, at this point, the PS4, Xbox One, PC, and now on the Switch. And now I'm playing on the Switch. So I feel like I took a leap of faith picking it up on the Switch because with a game like that, you think that it'd run pretty bad, but it actually runs pretty well. You know, in handheld mode, it runs pretty well on, um, on the, you know, on the TV. And it's, you know, it's not 60 frames or anything. It's, you know, it's pretty much like a consistent 30, nothing too crazy. And that's pretty I'm good having... on, on the handheld. Yeah. I mean, exactly. it's a, it's a last gen game. So I guess no excuse, right? Exactly. So yeah. So no, no, no excuse, but, um, I, I'm enjoying it. So, like, I've, I've played Dragon's Dogma before. I played the base game. Only really played maybe a couple of hours of it because, uh, I don't know. I feel like it, at the time, I had other games like Skyrim to play. And I feel like you'll get comparisons between Dragon's Dogma and Skyrim. Because I think Skyrim came out first, then Dragon's Dogma. But I feel like I like the gameplay mechanics of Dragon's Dogma a little bit more. Yeah, like the pawn system is so good. Yeah, and like at this point, you know, I've cycled through a couple of pawns. I've, um, this playthrough I'm playing as a mage. So that's different. Straight up, that's different. That is very different for you. Like, I'm impressed. <laughs> but, but what's great about this game is that the, Apparently, like, the animations and, like, the spells towards, like, the end of the game. Well, I was not even say end of the game, but, like, when you upgrade to, like, a sorcerer, you could use uh, spells that, like, you could literally, like, rain, like, meteors down onto enemies. So, the en- like, the animations for a lot of these spells are pretty good, and it's it really makes you feel powerful. So, that's, that's the type of trip that I needed to be on lately. I needed, like, a power trip, so... um it's I don't know like I feel like it's a it's a good pickup and it's forty bucks. Do you, do you feel like bucks. do do you feel like it's something that you can kind of just jump in and out of like pretty quickly? Mm, or do you invest in? No, and like that's and that was the purpose of me picking it up for the Switch so that since it's handheld, I could take it like with me on the go or and I could pick it up up and down and like just play it when I need to because. uh I'm not sure if uh, the like the original version had like certain points where you could save, but like you could save anywhere. 
So I don't have to worry about like losing a lot of progress if I, uh, you know, lose charge on my switch or if I have to, you know, back out and jump into another game. So the accessibility for the game is really great on the switch. Yeah. Talk, uh, talk a little bit about the battle system. Like, I mean, are, do you, are you digging that part of it or? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a third person action RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like, it's sort of like, I want to say like souls, but you don't, the thing that's killing me is that you can't like dodge roll. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So you can't dodge roll, but like a lot of the animations in this game, like if you, sort of like in, in Dark Souls, like everything counts. So you have to be wary of like where enemies are coming from, uh, how your, like how your attacks will like position you according to where your enemies are. Right. So, um, like so far, and especially with me playing as a mage, I, I really haven't had like any major gripes with the actual combat. Um, only thing, only, I guess the only big thing is that the game doesn't really have a fast travel system in place. Mm-hmm. So you literally have to walk everywhere and you have, um, you have like a, you have stamp, you have like a stamina bar that's also tied to your, like, with me being a mage, it's tied to my magic. So anytime I'm doing, like, major spells, it's burning my stamina. So, like, if I'm, you know, running down a path and then enemies pop out, I have to be really smart on, like, dodging things and trying to get my stamina back so I can use spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, and it was cool is that, you know, apparently down the road, um, it's the type of game that you're not stuck in a class, so like I could like as like right now I could go to like an inn and what they call classes in the game they call it vocations. So I could change that you know pretty much any time I could spend I think like skill points to change classes, and then once you have the class unlocked, I want to say it's free to change back to it. So hmm. um, yeah, so like I don't know like I'm 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 really digging like this this mage run, and because since I'm since I'm a mage. I turned my pawn. I made her a uh, like a warrior. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the the game definitely gives you you know you know options on like how you want to you know level level up your person, level up your pawn, yeah. and yeah. then you could also use other people's pawns. So like let's say you decide to pick up the game, and you can pretty much like since we're friends on my Switch, you could then use my pawn in your game. Yeah, and and that's kind of something I wanted to mention as well is that like the the thing that I really think is unique about this game is that it makes it feel like a multiplayer game without actually being multiplayer. Um, it's really unique, actually. Like it's yeah. the, it's a really and, customizable game, like you're saying. And then it was cool is like with my with my pawn and like the pawn like they had like they. They have like their own AI, so like they're consistently like talking, they're saying Mm -hmm. things in battles, they're saying things like when you're on the road. Um, when I, whenever you're doing missions with like your main pawn, your pawn is like, oh, now I know how to do this mission. So with her saying that, if someone else uses her, then she'll then talk to that person and say, hey, oh, you're doing this quest, I know where to go. Or like if you're on, I guess it was a specific mission where I was looking for like a cave. And on the map, it looked like I had a head one certain way, and I'm walking that way, and then one of the new pawns that I just uh, picked up, she's like, wait, no, I think this is the wrong way. You should go this way. 
And I was like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure on the map, the map says I got to go this <laughs> way. Let's go ahead and go this way. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we'll be good. Yeah. 30 seconds later, here I am staring at a wall. I'm like, fuck. She was, <laughs> she was right. <laughs> let's go ahead yeah. and turn around and uh, let's, let's figure out where to go. And sure enough, like, you know, they, they'll lead you to objective points. They'll say certain things about, like, certain areas. So, like, um, at one point, I sort of ventured off too far. And this is the type of game that the enemies don't really scale. So if you, beginning beginning of the game, walk off into the wrong area, like, you'll get destroyed by, like, a griffin or something like that. Yeah. And that's literally what happened. She was like, hey, um, I think we're in the wrong hood right now. We're wearing the wrong colors. Yeah. <laughs> We we might want to turn around because I don't think we're equipped for this. And I was like, "Listen, we're fine. We don't got to worry." I, the the mission objective is right down the corner, right around the corner. We'll be good. Famous I unpaused. I unpaused two steps down. A griffin shows up and wipes the whole party. Looks at me. I turn around to try and run. It's too late. <laughs> I die. Lesson learned. Listen to your pawn, guys. If, your pawn. if the pawn. If the pawn is saying, hey, go this way, go ahead and just go that way. Hey, you're underleveled. You might be underleveled. Let's turn around. Hey, you're going into this cave and you have too much stuff on you. Go ahead and back out. Go to the end. Drop off your stuff. Because, like, they, I don't know. I feel like it's really cool how, like, they can, uh, they'll sort of warn you and they see how you're playing and seeing what you're doing. And it's like, like you said, it's like playing a multiplayer game. But not really playing multiplayer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I I think that game is super unique. I want to pick it up for my Switch. Um, I had a lot of fun when I played it on my 360 last gen, and I'm I'm happy that it's like it's getting a lot of of attention, like warranted attention. So yeah, I'm, and I'm and happy that you're happy having fun with it too. Yeah, and it, and it's always been a game that like has like that cult following. Like you yes. always hear people talking about the game, so. Uh, it's, you know, so far, like, I want to say I'm maybe, like, five-ish hours, six hours into the game, and, like, the hype is, is the hype is there, like, it's pretty true. Yeah. Elena, um, have you played this game before? No. I don't know if I would be, like, I don't think I could get interested in those games just because it's just too much for me, and it's never been my type of game to play Dragon's Dogma. Mm, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I, I think it's pretty accessible, like it, it especially because I think from the outside looking in, it looks a little daunting. And I think, and I think a, a lot of those type of games, like these RPGs, are kind of you know. I mean, I, I feel this myself. I'm speaking for myself here. Like I feel like sometimes from the outside looking in, I'm like, ooh, do I really want to deal with like a bunch of systems and and like you know numbers and uh do i really want to do this but then when once you kind of ease your way into it i think it has a pretty intuitive tutorial and like a it kind of holds your hand a little bit i mean chris what do you, what do you towards think the, yeah towards the beginning it, it it'll definitely uh like it'll, it'll teach you how to play it's not that it's not dark souls where it's just gonna throw you into a world and say good luck I don't even think Dark Souls even says good luck. It just no, says, yeah. it says, it says, it says, you, it says you have died. Yeah, well, it, it says, says. Pre- prepare to die is literally the tagline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, understood, understood. Okay. Well, Chris, dude, I'm really happy that you are enjoying that game. Yeah, what else have so, you been playing? So besides that, 
once again, shout out to our Facebook family. Shout out to the people that jump onto the streams. Uh, Smash Brothers has been like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've, over the past couple weeks that we've streamed, I mean, lately, um, it hasn't been, like, consistent on what days we stream, but the days that we we have streamed, I've seen some returning faces, I've seen some new faces, um, we've had people run their arena for about 45, 50 minutes undefeated, and good stuff, good stuff to watch, even if you don't really play Smash, you can sort of sit back and just enjoy the fun, because it's not like that try-hard, like, you know... Listen, all right, listen. <laughs> so, and, and, I mean, I say this as, in, in, a, in a way like, um, like, we're still having fun. It's nothing like people getting, like, too, like, people aren't teabagging each other or anything like that. Like, it's nothing too crazy. Like, people people haven't really given off negative energy in the streams. So, I don't know. Like, I, I like that, I like that, you know, that feel, that nature. So, shout out to everyone that's been out there. Um, I played... A little bit of Mortal Kombat to sort of prep for a Mortal Kombat stream that we're planning on doing, Ooh. and played played with a you know an old old friend, um, someone I met through work, and completely got destroyed in Mortal Kombat. Like it's, it's a friend of mine. She she posted on Facebook. She was like, "Hey guys, add me on on PlayStation if and play me in Mortal Kombat if you don't feel and don't do it if you don't feel like being beat by a girl." And I was like, "All right, let's." She's talking smack. She's let's let's see what she has. And my God, for about thirty minutes, like she has combos on top of combos. She swapped characters, more combos. And listen, we're talking about Mortal Kombat. When I'm saying combos, imagine the K. The K's here, replacing the C's. <laughs> um, combos on top of combos, and uppercuts, and fatalities. Like I I was put through the gauntlet, but eventually I won a match and I felt good. Good. But that's something that down the road um, they're going to stream. And people, you know, they seem excited about the Mortal Kombat stream. So I talked about that last night. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see, we'll see what the turnout is. Nice. I might have to actually pick that game up then. Oh, definitely. Um, of course, you know, the, the biggest thing with, with Mortal Kombat, you know, people are always going to bring it up. The, the Michael Chang's actions suck. Um the other day, I was like, oh, I might want to pick up Jade. Jade, unfortunately, the, her default skins are like her, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, she's a Revenant. And in Mortal Kombat, like, pretty much the Revenant are the characters that pretty much go over to the dark side. So, okay. um, so like, you know, the evil Raiden or evil Liu Kang, evil Kung Lao, like, all of those, like, evil characters are, are Revenant. And Jade's a Revenant. And I'm like, ew, I don't want Revenant Jane. I want regular Jade. And I have to unlock it through the crypt, which is, like, sort of random, unless you're, like, going to, like, certain boxes and whatnot. And I don't got the time for that. I ain't doing yeah. that. And yeah. I'll be damn sure not to actually buy the DLC skins. Must be must be crazy thinking I'm going to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Elena, are, are yeah. you a are you a Mortal Kombat girl? No, <laughs> not at all. I have seen like one YouTube group do the playthroughs of the story things, and that's it. I'm not into fighting games. About most fighting games I played is uh, Smash Brothers and 
That's about it. You need to hop in the streams then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't want to pay $60 for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, so that's that's pretty much what I've really been playing. That's uh nice, man. I mean, it's a solid spread, you know. Yeah, and like, and this is in between like, you know, a couple of jobs, you know, yeah. doing doing the podcast, doing the streams. Yeah. Like, this is I'm tired, y'all. Yeah, we 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 do have lives <laughs> outside of this. Yeah, <laughs> we do need to live life. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Excellent. But, yeah, but with that, that's pretty much what you've been playing this week. Um, and up next, we like doing our news a little different. We sort of like to do rapid fire, and if something sticks, we may talk about it for a little bit. If not, uh, we just pretty much just move on. But if you guys want to continue the conversation on Facebook, or, I mean, not even or, I mean, at this point, I think that's where we're getting most of our feedback at this point. Um, let's continue the conversation on Facebook. In the comments, go ahead and, you know, what are your input on some of the news? If you guys want to talk about what you guys have been playing this past week, go ahead and leave that in the comments too. But with that, let's go ahead and start off our news for the week. Rod, what you got? Okay. Do you mind? If you guys mind if we start with um kind of the biggest thing to me, which is actually the Riot Games, because I think it's something that is gonna be ongoing. We're gonna to continue to talk about it. So it's gonna be super rapid fire here, but I wanna put it at the top just because um, it's super important. And you guys already know, if you've been listening for a while, I'm very passionate um, about making sure that we're blasting like these these development story, these game development stories, um, especially these these studios. Uh, it's just completely unacceptable what a lot of them are doing, um, and what probably most, if not almost all of them, are doing uh, without our knowledge. But um, if you did not hear this past week, Riot Games actually had a they took a stance on forced arbitration. Now I'm not a lawyer, so you know, don't at me, bro. But you know, forced arbitration essentially makes it so that you cannot sue a company um, for pretty much anything. So uh, especially if it's going to be about things like uh, accusations and and the like. So for example. If in this case, Riot Games, they were accused of somebody were to step up and want to sue the company over uh, sexual assault allegations, which is kind of what happened here. Uh, Riot has been, they were outed actually last year on a, by a piece by Kotaku about having um, these allegations put forth. Um, and essentially they wanted to invoke this forced arbitration, which made it very difficult, if not outright impossible, for people to sue the company for that. So hundred about 150 or a little bit over 150 Riot Games employees actually walked out of the offices um, in L.A. and uh, just in protest. And they had a segment of time where they were out there sharing their stories, getting the – uh, just putting attention all over it, and it worked because I had actually missed this news uh, up until the point, the moment when it was actually in the middle of happening, um, and it was hitting all the different news outlets. So I just wanted to put that out there that this is something that's happening. They, uh, the 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 protesters actually gave Riot Games a date of May 16th to step down from forced arbitration. And if they don't, they said that they have a plan 
they're 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 going to take further action as necessary. So yeah, so past couple of weeks, uh, we we've anytime like any uh like injustice or any type of like thing that happens within like these develop the developers, like we try to bring it to like we try to like make it known to to normal people because it's it's something that you won't really know unless you really follow the news or if you really care about following the news on these type of things but i feel like it's something that we could all uh we could all like attest to like we all like at some point most of us have worked a job where it just it it, it sucked like um like you know either work hours work experience like having a horrible boss like we could all like give experiences on like having bad work uh environments. So to hear that, you know, the gaming industry, which a lot of people to this day think that, oh, they all they do is play video games, all they do is make video games, uh it's uh it's I don't say an easy industry, but some people like honestly I've had conversations with people and they think that uh like the they think like it's a it's an easy job that these guys are making a ton of money, but you sort of have to break it down to them. It's like, no, it's sort of like any other industry where a lot of the, you know, grunt work is done by normal people and they're not really seeing the millions that are being made. So uh, it's more or less like what we're doing is just uh, blasting it out there so that people know that, you know, these companies that, you know, your you right games is pretty big. Uh, we talk about, uh, Rockstar with like their workloads. Um, I think, uh, who else is pretty known for doing that? Did you mention uh, Bioware? Uh, Bi- <laughs> yeah. Bioware, Telltale. Um, I, I have a company in my mind. The people that made, uh, was it, uh, CD Projekt Red? Yeah. Like a, another company that people love their games, but yeah. these, these great games that have a ton of detail, it comes at a cost and yeah. sometimes that cost is really high. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we need to give we need to make steps and strides towards protecting, uh, making sure that people of color, women, LGBTQ, like all of these people, these individuals, these minorities groups, that we need to make sure that they have everything that they need to feel safe, uh, secure and and uh, and comfortable in this industry because it's mostly straight white men. And it's unacceptable that that this even has to happen. Um, but I'm glad that it is because, and I'm glad it's happening this way, and that someone and, and that a, a stand is being um, is, is being made here. Like I think that's super important. Yeah. Is yeah. this like the first hint to like the uh, unionization of devs? Uh, great point. That is a fantastic point. And I think that's something that we're going to be looking at in the very near future. I genuinely think so um, because – I mean, and a lot of people were saying like – you know, a lot of people started talking about this with the Kotaku piece from – about Bioware earlier this year around Anthem. And ever since then – we talked about this last week a little bit. But ever since then, people have been coming out of the work saying like, hey, this is like our studio too, like – just replace Bioware with my company. Like this is it. People's eyes are starting to open, and I think that again, you make a really great point, and I I think that's exactly what is going to happen very soon, um, and I hope so because they they the that the industry needs to have a union. It's it's insane that it has not happened yet, uh, but I'm I'm hoping that this is the first. These are the first steps towards that. I was gonna say at, at some point, you know. 
and hopefully it won't lead to this. But like, you think that at some point we'll see some sort of like, like how we had like the writer strike. You think we might have like a game developer strike, and it just hit like all across the board. Mm. That'll be even more devastating than the writers and the voice actors strike. It's yeah, because that's it's actual tough. loss of money. I, it's tough to say. Um, I, I I don't know because um, I, I, when it comes to the big studios, like potentially, you know. But I mean, it's not like those. I, I guess it would affect projects that are already out and ongoing. So like live games, like um, you know, Division or Destiny or something like that would immediately be affected. But I can't imagine it would be something that people like the consumers would feel immediately. Um. I would also imagine that indie de- developers, um, very small. Dev- I mean, we're talking like what, what are the Cuphead devs? Um, oh my god, I can't believe I can't believe I cannot remember those guys. But you know, it's like two guys: Team Cherry, two two dudes, uh, Super Giant, like eight, nine, ten people. Like you know, smaller places like that will still function as normal, obviously. But I sure hope that that something like that would happen on a bigger scale, um, regardless of the immediate effect. Just because, like, I mean, that's a pretty powerful statement. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Okay, so we've got that, and we'll be looking into that next week. Next up on the docket, Sonic the Hedgehog movie update, guys. Oh, this, oh boy. I, this was... Someone I feel put, so sorry for those CG animators to have to, if they really have to redo that shit. I pretty much think you said everything I was going to say, Elena. Like, I think... <laughs> That is exactly what I was going to say. Like, So if you don't know, everybody was complaining about this Sonic the Hedgehog trailer that came out. It, uh, well, uh, for a lot of reasons. But mainly people thought that Sonic didn't look like Sonic. So the main was, – was it the director? I think it was the, uh, the main art director for mm-hmm. the film came out, and he was like, hey, we've heard you. We're changing it. People like me and possibly Elena, we were like, hey, this is going to put a shit ton of pressure on these digital artists who have to do stuff like that, for one. Um, And and that's also, we want to talk about fucked up industries. That is one industry that is completely insane what they're forced to do. Um, But I don't envy them. And secondly, I think that that movie's problems are going to run much deeper than Sonic's <laughs> character design. So, I mean, they can fix Sonic all they want. I don't think that's going to save the movie. But what do you guys think? Uh, I can't wait for the memes, dude. I love it. So excited for the memes. I mean, we've been getting some pretty solid memes ever since but the trailer. imagine how much more we're going to get. It's just like Avengers uh, Infinity the Infinity War with the uh, getting snapped, that was great. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like uh, so like, like so. For, first and foremost, I want to you know mirror what you guys said, and hopefully that the CG animators they aren't you know works to the bone to make this fix. Uh, but I I don't know. I feel like it's a step in the right direction. I sort of you know might get more people to hop on and see the movie. Um, I feel like at this point, though, the amount of money to fix this and compared to the amount of money that they probably were, they weren't going to make. Like, I already feel like the movie's already going to be in the red at this point. Can't wait for Detective Pikachu, though. Heard that's way good. Yeah. Damn. 
<laughs> heard that's way better. Uh, Apparently, the original creator of the realistic Pokemon drawings worked on the movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, people throughout the internet credit him or her or whatever uh, appropriately and then was able to get onto that film. Apparently. I don't know if that's 100% true or not, but... This isn't the the same person who did the watercolor Pokemon, is it? No, not the ones on the Pokemon cards, but there, there's always been, there's been this one artist that would do realistic drawings of Pokemon, and okay. they just got onto the film. Uh, I might need to get the pictures of that. That sounds interesting to me. Interesting. I bet okay. you can find them on, like, Tumblr, uh, Flickr, yeah, all that other stuff. Huh. But, okay. But, here, but here's the hoping that this is like all leading to a uh, uh, a shared universe, a Smash universe, live action Smash Brothers movie. What do you guys? Like, wouldn't no. wouldn't that be dope though? I mean, the only franchise I could see doing that is Kid Icarus because Kid Icarus is like a PG version of Deadpool because he'll break kind of like the fourth wall in a way by mentioning other games like Donkey Kong. Mario and stuff like that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That's a pretty good point. Um, I don't know I feel, if I'm. I feel like Kid Icarus. That's Phase Two. I don't know if that's Phase One. <laughs> I want a new Kid Icarus game. I'm so sad now. Let's move I, I, on. <laughs> I yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so EA Access is coming to PlayStation Four. Yay! Somebody. But I saw a tweet saying that uh that. Someone at PlayStation didn't think it was a good idea to have uh, EA access on their system, like, in 2014, and here we are. Yeah, he they actually said that, um, I want to say that Sony literally, this is a direct quote, they said it, quote, did not offer a good value to the PlayStation gamer, end quote. So, well, at least they had, like, five years to put out a a game i don't know about the quality of it yeah i mean i think <laughs> I, I think i think that the the main issue was that they were doing playstation now PlayStation i want to say now. yeah playstation yeah. now was like a direct competitor so right and, and we all know sony in their eyes if you're a competitor then they're gonna try and like smother as much like away from their crowd like they they, they don't want their crowd being exposed to that thing so um I don't know. I feel like this is once again like sort of like looking at you know cross uh, cross platform compatibility. You know they they gave in on that, and at that point they started giving in on other things. So you know here comes EA Access. I think is a plus. It's um, you know it's about time. Uh, and it was cool. Is like I think they're also gonna offer the EA Access Premier or Premium or whatever it is. So you'll pay a little bit more, but you're able to uh, get, like, the EA games day one. So that'll give you access to, like, Battlefield Five or Anthem or, like, the Need for Speed games, uh, the sports games. So, like, honestly, if you, if you play the sports games, if you play FIFA, if you play Madden, um, no one plays live. So, uh, <laughs> if you play any of those games and you at least buy one of, buy one of them and you buy like a need for speed every year, at that point, you're, you know, paying for the EA access premiere. Yeah. Right. And speaking of paying, 
transition. So EA Access is going to cost $5 per month or $30 per year. I believe that it is the exact same price as the Xbox version. Um, I Now, I don't think that it's going to come or at least launch with the exact same library as the Xbox One. I think they'll be rolling some of those games out kind of like piecemeal. Um, but I think what they'll launch with is like what Battlefield 2 um, or sorry, Battlefield, Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, uh, Sims 4, and Payback, Need for Speed. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I mean, they'll be rolling out some of these games. I'm actually kind of interested to play Sims. I didn't buy it. I didn't really want to buy it because there's way too many packs to get. But um, yeah, it might be something to check out on there. So I think it's a pretty good value. I think EA Access is actually quite brilliant on the Xbox. And I think PlayStation gamers are going to have a hell of a time with this thing. Uh, you get 10% on a discount on full price games. And you get early trials of newer games that come out for it. So I think it's a really great deal. So, and and it's sort of like throwing back to one of our older episodes. Like it's it's sort of leaning towards that digital future. Yeah. And you know, games as a service. So, man, this future is gonna be interesting. Like I want to see how. Um, I want to see, like, how all this like takes place with like stadia being on the market as well like yeah. will we see ea games on stadia that's the question right like that we got to see how well this stuff is going to play with that um and, and that's that'll be a really interesting question to, to be answered i feel like every week we're kind of mentioning the all digital future and we're just inching closer every single week that passes wait do we have the one that i put in the group text message wait which about one? all digital about the all digital thing for yeah, Xbox? You, do you want to mention it really quickly? Yeah, the X-Phone Sad is out in stores. <laughs> <laughs> are you interested X-Pho- in are you interested in that? No! There is no point. Th- thank Mine you. Was, it Dang. was a waste of $250. They should have sold it for 100 bucks. Well, that's if people a don't low, want their disc. I I So okay, so we had an episode where we talked about this a few weeks ago. And I pretty much am in total line with you. I think it is borderline pointless, at least in terms of like the they're not pulling the the main console off the market, the one with the disk drive. And it's like that price difference is not going to be worth it. I just don't know who it's for. We we're on the same wavelength on that. Man, and I'll be on I'll be on the opposite wavelength. (laughs) I'm I'm all I'm all for. The Xbox sad. Good for Xbox to, you know, try and try and change things up. Uh, try to shape X-Bone people. Xbone sad. Thank you. Oh, Xbone sad. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like Microsoft, they're willing to try new things. Um, they're willing to, like, shake things up a little bit and hope. I, I guess they're sort of trying to shake things up and they like, hope something sticks. But um, if they do that, they need to put out a better price point than 250 And I, You could get it used 250 or use Xbox One S for less than that. Now, now here's the thing. I feel like Xbox, they, and they've already gone on record to say this, that the the SAT edition will pretty much always be cheaper than the, the regular, like, base system. So, like, let's say the system right now is on sale, like, there's a bundle then the bundle version of the sad edition is going to be $50, you know, cheaper. I 
agree with you guys. I feel like it should be a hundred dollar difference. I feel like the fifty dollar difference really isn't that big of a deal. No, I was saying it should just be a hundred dollars flat. I don't know about all that, but I mean, if you want to get people to buy your Xbox console in general, try to boost your sales, try to catch up with PS with the PlayStation, you're gonna to have to appeal to some audiences by having a cheaper price. Yeah, but I feel like I don't know if if at, at that point are they selling the system at a loss. I feel like they're selling the system at a loss. So yeah, for- 100 might be too low. I definitely hear what you're saying on that, and I, I, I'm with you, but I think $100 might be a little too low. I was thinking more like 150 Yeah, I would say between like 100 to 150 at most. Yeah. And I think even 150 is like probably pushing it for them, but I think that's, that's the price point I think of if it's going to be appealing to me. And that's the thing, like it's, it's going to appeal to the person that uh, they're, they're downloading most of this stuff. They're, they're not honestly using CDs. So yeah. there's a small, there's a small crowd for those types of people. And like yeah. you said before, it's not replacing the OG model. Like it's, it's an option. So right. they're, they're sort of testing around with that. Mm. I, I think it's, you know, I think it's, you know, a, a good play. Okay. But it feels like it's crowding up like the console stuff because mm. then, once Xbox puts out their new Xbox to try to compete with the PlayStation 5 or whatever, like, that's going to be, what, three or four consoles just out and about besides without Nintendo Switch? And, and, and like I said, this is an option. So, like, I'm pretty sure they're not – it's not, like, an upgraded version of the Xbox. Like, it would be different if when the Xbox One was going to the upgrade of, like, the Xbox One S – or even the, the Xbox One X, if they made that jump of, you know, hardware, and they're like, well, we're doing this jump, and there's no hard drive. Or not hard drive, shit. There's no <laughs> disk <laughs> Here's no your distri- hollow box, enjoy. Yeah. Here's your box, 200 bucks. <laughs> Take it or leave it. But, no, like, I'd, I'd understand if, like, they were making, like, a huge jump, and then for some reason took that, you know disk drive option out that'll be a little bit crazy but this is just something extra they're just mess they're just toying around seeing you know what the feedback's going to be if people are going to pick it up and who it appeals to so you know let them let them run their tests and and i feel like five months from now a year from now we won't even be talking about it yeah probably yeah well speaking of sad apex legends is going to mobile oh and uh and it, I know, I I know that was a little extreme. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it is going mobile, and they are, have a bunch of updates. Are you guys tuned in to what the updates are for Apex Legends? No. I All I know un- is that there's gonna be a second season. I've uninstalled the game. Uh, <laughs> well, well then. <laughs> Oof. All right. Well, um, some of the updates and patches that have gone live recently, as recently as I want to say maybe like a day or two ago, um, have broken the game. Mm-hmm. And it, people are experiencing all sorts of crashes and bugs and everything else. Apparently they, they fixed it. Like I want to say as of this recording, maybe hours ago, I want to say. Um, so that's happening, but I wanted to kind of focus in more on the mobile aspect. 
Is this a sign that Apex Legends is running out of steam? No, I think they're trying to regain steam. Yeah, I feel like they're... Because, like, we also have to say that this, like, the mobile version is going to be for China. So, right? Yes, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is more or less of them trying to capture another market. So good on them. Uh, sort of like what Elena said, this is them trying to regain some of the steam that they've lost over the past couple of weeks or months. Um, because after the game launched, let's be honest, uh, they made all this um, fanfare about how many people were playing the game. And then that's it. After the new character came out, people stopped talking about it. And sort of now here and there, you'll see news outlets saying, hey, is Apex Legends dying? Whoa, what's going on? Well, wasn't uh, it after that first battle pass that was so lackluster, people kind of just stopped playing because of all the cheaters and just lackluster loot and whatever and just kind of stopped playing altogether? Yeah, I mean, and you also have to think that I feel like timing-wise, Apex sort of has, you know, like they sort of, they, they still have Fortnite to compete with. Fortnite already, you know, they've gone through a bunch of changes. They've gone through a bunch of updates. They have like a solid foundation on to, you know, like on what to, onto what they do that Apex really has to like double down on whatever they do to like make some sort of effect. So, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's a uphill battle at this point. But I, I love competition. I love seeing, you know, um, studios compete with each other. Um, and at the end of the day, it's really them competing for, uh, you know, our attention, our time. So uh, I, I hope things work out for Apex. Because, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, it's not a bad game. It's not. I like, like I, the, the game I've, is good. I've enjoyed, I would, yeah, I've enjoyed I would, my time playing Apex. Yeah, like, I, I don't. I definitely don't want to. I, I know it was a little like snippy at first, but like I, I genuinely like Apex. I think it's an actually a good game, like without any caveats that, that's attached to that. Like I think it's a it's a really good game. So um, I want to see it succeed. I think it's sad that people are writing think pieces about like how it's declining right now and people aren't playing it and they're or they're being driven away or whatever. Like I hope that they can find some way to to, to regain traction and 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 push like push it forward because I think like this is the one battle royale game I've kind of stuck with, um, and I, honestly, I think it's kind of the best one. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it'll definitely be a developing story. We'll see, you know, what what happens, especially with you know E3 around the corner. We'll we'll definitely get some sort of like announcement or something like that at that point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the last bit that we'll go over here is the a little bit more of a serious topic start it serious and we'll end a little serious but uh borderlands the claptrap actor voice actor uh ha- is has assaulted someone no so the no, he, got clap- assaulted. he he got he assaulted. got assaulted excuse me excuse yeah. me he got assaulted uh chris do you want to leave this before i like <laughs> mess that up completely yeah the claptrap actor uh apparently he stole a bus uh, shot a couple of people and apparently got shot by the police. Respawned and did it all over again. I'm kidding, that didn't happen, guys. Wait, yeah, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I like took a double take. I was like, wait, what? But no, um, this story is really coming out of uh the past, I guess, couple of weeks. Uh, Gearbox has had a spotlight on them because. Surprise, surprise, Gearbox is working on Borderlands 3. And it sort of seemed like they were doing things right. They had good press. 
but sort of out of nowhere, um, and I want to say out of nowhere, it was more or less things that sort of led up to what we know now. Um, pretty much the original uh, voice actor for Claptrap, um, it turns out that he's not the actor in this game. Like, they, uh, someone on Twitter asked, hey, you know, what happened? And he sort of, in like a roundabout way, said that he sort of had mixed feelings, you know, uh, reprising the role as Claptrap. But between things that happened between, uh, him and like certain things, certain people like Gearbox, uh, he tried to come back, but he tried to get paid for, cause apparently the, I guess I have to double back even more. When, I guess, Gearbox employees, if they're on salary, they can become voice actors in the game, but in exchange, like, they don't get paid for it. Sort of like, right part of like the position or whatever so um at some point this uh you know this guy he he left and when it came back around to doing borderlands 3 the you know topic of hey like since i don't work for you guys will i you know be paid for this came up i think he wanted some sort of like deal where he took whatever base pay they were talking about but then he also wanted to get past royalties for the previous games. And I guess the Gearbox declined on that. So, you know, he was, you know, I want to say feeling salty about that. But he, you know, sort of gave his grievances on Twitter about that. But then also brought up how, you know, Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford at some point assaulted him in a lobby. And, you know, it's something that he never really brought up until now. And just like his his grievances isn't really with uh Gearbox, it's really with yeah, Randy Pitchfork. Yeah. And at the end of it he was like, Yeah, but you know, they can't afford me, but apparently Randy Pitchford he could get like a twelve million dollar, you know, siphon. No, no, he said um uh, they, they, bonus. Yeah, they they said that he said that um uh they they would have been able to pay you know, afford him if the money that twelve million dollars instead of going to Gearbox went to Randy instead. Yeah. So pretty much in a roundabout way, sort of like you know spilt the beans about that. So at this point, um, I think at this point, you know, Randy and him has sort of gone back and forth on Twitter a little bit, and anytime Randy gets on, you know, Twitter, like it's always messy. Like he's gone after, uh. You know, people at Kotaku, he's going after, like, uh, like just games press in general. So anything that he really says, it's really, you know, an uphill battle for him. Yeah. Yeah. But what do you, I mean, just so far, because it's a lot, what do you guys think about, like, just the whole situation? He's a creep and always will be a creep, and he cannot stop being a creep unless he's put in jail. <laughs> I... That's the second time in a row you have summed up everything perfectly. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's anything more to say other than I, – I can't – I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all about this. Like, he didn't he – okay, didn't he leave, like, a USB stick of child porn, like, somewhere, like, at a restaurant? Uh, 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 it wasn't child porn. They were of age. He did his research. Okay. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that's what he said. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. It was. Ugh. 
He's you like, can't no, quote. You, can't, you have to warn me if you're gonna quote Randy Pitchford. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is this is from another podcast that I listened to where they went deep into that part yeah. about the medieval times, and I just could not stop laughing because it was just so ridiculous. He is something else. Like that happened earlier in. The, I want to say that happened in like January or something. Yeah, like, something like that. So like nothing Randy Pitchford does surprises me. Um, in the Borderlands 3 reveal stream, he was, like, doing magic or something for, like, an hour. He was doing it for a really long time. He was, like, sweating profusely. He was just really weird. Like, he's a weird dude. And it, it makes me not want to support, like, his games at all. Like, just because he's such a fucking weirdo. But, you know, at the same time, like, I'm kind of surprised that Gearbox just does not try to oust him. I know he's, like, CEO right now, but, like... I'm surprised they just don't pay him out and get him the hell out of there because he's just ruining things. Yeah, and 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 this story like it's it was sort of ongoing for a minute, but like it's sort of like slowed down. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Like it's it's gonna it's I guess this is an ongoing story. Um, but there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. That's for sure. Yeah, like a lot yeah. of lawyer talk. Yeah, and that's the thing, and that's and that's good. I feel like they um. Like a CEO, like in this point, he he should have like his phone taken from him. Like, don't go, you know, off, you know, off the rails speaking, you know, uh, wild on Twitter. Like, that's the very last thing he needs to do. So, um, then again, it's it's Randy Pitchford. So go ahead and entertain us, man. Go ahead and do what you do best. Ugh, I I'm not gonna condone that. So so so. How about me... this? Watch that trash fire burn. Just watch it burn. <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. So with that, that's the news for this week. Um, let's continue the conversation online on Facebook. Should I play that? And I don't know. What do you guys think? Leave it in the comments. So this week, you know, with that special guest, we're gonna go ahead and talk about some Overwatch. Oh man, I just I just heard a bunch it's of people. It's a dying go. game. No one watches it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh good. Jesus. <laughs> so as I you... say, because there is at least a hundred thirty thousand people watching both of those days. Yeah. So and and you're talking about the Overwatch League Dallas Homestead games. So first of all, explain to the people who may not know, um, just a general over view of the league and just like what the Dallas Homestead games actually were. Well, it's a bunch of teams owned by actual esports uh, gaming leagues like Optic Gaming, Envious, mm-hmm. and all those other people. Mm-hmm. And so apparently this is the first actual like home game for an esports team. Like since Envious is based in Dallas, like, it was an actual first home game for any esports mm-hmm. ever. So there's a big deal there. And then um, I would say uh, there was n- roughly 9,000 people both days total at this event. And it was a lot of fun. Like, it was crazy how how rowdy the crowd was. Yeah, and I, I, even I heard about that. There was some debate about, 
there was some debate about the uh, the booing that happened because people were like, "That's so unsportsmanlike." But then it's like, "Do you want to take it seriously as a sport or not?" Like the right. L.A. crowd uh, over there at the Blizzard Arena is like so just chill, mellow, just cheering for everybody, do well. But like Dallas came rowdy and prepared for anything. Mm-hmm. And and that's good. So like I feel like um there's a good conversation to be had about like crowds and these type of events. You yeah. have cuz like I've been to a couple of esports like events. Like I've gone to uh you know shout out to the E League. I've gone to some of their things. Like I've gone to like the I think it was was it Injustice 2, like the you know world finale for that. And like there's like a definite like you know, you're in a studio audience, so, like, they sort of tell you when to cheer. They uh, sort of try to, like, control the crowd. But then you have the opposite end of that. And this is the end that I, I reside in and I live in and I, I breed in. But you have, like, the, the, the FGC and mm-hmm. that type of crowd where it's hype 100% of the time. And you get, you know, your storylines between uh you know certain competitors that have beef between each other and like the the matches get not only do the actual game matches get intense but then you have like back and forth between the competitors that gets intense too and i feel like when you have that type of intensity in this atmosphere like you'll be able to pull in more people you'll be able to pull in like those casual people that don't really get esports Mm-hmm. But, you know, they'll go to, like, a sporting arena, and, like, that's the stuff that they go for, is seeing that type of pop-off. So I'm I'm all for more, like, events being rowdy and being lively. Like, I, I really don't like the, hey, you know, we can only cheer when they told us to cheer. Mm-hmm. So to talk about the event itself, um, the Allen Event Center, which is, like, uh, I want to say, like, 30 minutes outside of, like, proper Dallas. Up oh, north. wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, they have an esports stadium built in Arlington, but it only held, it only holds, like, roughly a 1,000 or so people. So they went to a different place where it could hold more. And it happens to be, I guess, I think the soccer, where they play indoor soccer? No. Or was it hockey? I can't remember which one. But anyways, there's good food. It was expensive, but whatever. That's and how it is. It. Yeah. yeah. And they were selling Overwatch mer- merchandise, but I wish they would sell, like, whatever team, like, if they sold, like, Envious stuff there since it's their home game or whatever. Like, I wish they just sold more than, like, one business of just Overwatch. Are they stuff. now? Are they selling like general Overwatch merchandise or specifically Overwatch League stuff? Because that that to, uh, to me seems like two different things. Yeah, you're right. It was specifically League stuff. Okay. They okay. did have a like a very small amount of like general Overwatch, but it was mainly League. Okay, uh, and the reason why I asked that was because I wonder how much cross pollination of like the league stuff and just like the Overwatch fandom was there. Because when you were describing it to me, 
before, like it sounded like like a almost like a convention type thing where they had like events and and things that you could do that were Overwatch related. And you were even telling us about like off air about like console setups and things like that. So yeah, that was the yeah. after party. I wish I went to, but I couldn't because yeah. I had to drive home. But yeah. um, yeah, they had the since Dallas Fuel is sponsored by Jack in the Box, uh, they had like their own quote-unquote fuel house. So dumb. I hated that cartoon. <laughs> Every time they played it in between matches, I wanted to die inside because it got so annoying so fast. Oh, I hate okay. it. I hate <laughs> it so much. I hate the fuel house. <laughs> but anyways, um, like, it was kind of like a mini convention, but, like, everybody stayed in the stadium part. So yeah. I don't know. It, but it was, was really fun though. Like So it was significantly different a different experience than watching it on your computer. Oh yeah, like people in chat like I watched the vods of both of the days and the chat was loving the crowd. That's they video were so, that's video yeah, on demand were, if if in case you don't know cuz actually that took me a second. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like I was like vods. <laughs> yeah, yes. vods. Video on demand on uh Twitch. Like, you can, like, the chat will have, like, the timestamps on the side if you're on PC. Like, it won't work on your phone or uh, tablets, but, like, you can watch the chat explode with hype just because the crowd was hype. Like, wow. that's how much of it makes a difference for, like, viewers on both online and in person can make the games feel. Like, I wouldn't oh. expect myself to cheer for goats. Like, the most boring meta ever of triple tank and triple heels. Like, uh, we were so pumped, and we didn't even, like, it didn't even cross our minds because we were just cheering for our team. Right. So let me ask you this. Do you, after experiencing that, do you feel like you would go to more home games? Because, you know, next so next year, like, that's going to be a thing. Uh, You know, they'll have home games in their respective cities. Now, yeah. So, so, so not only will you go, do you feel like if, if uh, and of course, like if the price is right for these events, would mm-hmm. you, would you go like repeatedly? Yeah, I would go a few times. I probably wouldn't go for every game, but I would probably go to quite a few. That's for sure. See, and, and that's good. Like, I feel like um, that's sort of what they want to build towards. Um, I honestly thought that them announcing that all of, you know, that they're going to do the home games next season. I thought that was going to, I honestly thought that was going to be something that we would have seen maybe in year like four or five. So with them, you know, jumping into this in year three, like, I guess, I guess they're getting some sort of traction. And then I guess with doing events like this, if they're getting this type of feedback, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um I also wanted to ask about the, commentators like how did that work in the arena versus just you watching it on a computer it was really interesting to see what they do like like where like how they stand and just like look at the screen and stuff like that and um the very last game on sunday night the dallas versus houston i could not hear the commentators at all because the entire stadium was yelling and standing like, you don't get that very often where the entire stadium is standing and cheering for both of these teams. Mm. It was nuts. Hmm. So was, like, it, was it obvious that the players could, like, feel that? Oh, there are quotes from 
all the players that, or at least quite a few of the players from that event saying like, yeah, we could hear them through our soundproof headphones. And this, <laughs> in the uh, stage that they were on were, was vibrating because of oh, how wow. loud we were. Wow. Well, that's what you get with Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and like the, a lot of the pictures like on Twitter and all the social medias is like, it looks far away. But it actually wasn't. Yeah, like I was gonna say that I saw the pictures on your uh, on the Instagram that you posted, and the pictures it looked like you were further away than mm-hmm. than I would think. So you're saying that you were a little closer. The, the pictures were a little deceiving. Yeah, the pictures make it like pictures are kind of weird with like distance wise. Like your eyesight is a lot more zoomed in, quote unquote than like what a picture would take because it takes more of a wide scale okay than what you would see in person so it's a lot different so it's going to be a lot closer than you would realize yeah i was wondering cuz i mean i i watch i i watched a, quite a bit of the league and so i'm trying to envision myself going there in in a weeks back this is one of the early episodes of of should i play that but we chris and i talked about you know, esports and the future of the league and and kind of like what it's like to experience something like that in person. And it's a much different and I would say more curated experience when you're watching it on the computer versus the more raw, visceral like feeling you get seeing it there because you're also getting like the big screens of the characters and who's got like their alt right and all the other mm-hmm. stuff and their health like you're getting like all of that at yeah. once yeah and so. it's really awesome to like just watch all that and with all the colors and stuff like that and whenever the Dallas would walk onto the stage one by one, like they had pyrotechnics where the flames were blue because of course Dallas is blue. Uh, man, I might need to go back and watch because you know what's crazy. I, now I I'm kicking myself for not doing this. I didn't see any of those Homestead games. Dude, so, just go yeah. watch the vods. They are fantastic. Yeah. And watching chat explode over like how loud we were by the Dallas games. Oh my god, it was nuts, dude. The event itself was so loud. Diva stomping around and using her missiles was loud. Like vibratingly loud. Anna's oh, so you you heard and, all of uh, that then? Yeah, Zarya's ch- Zarya fully charged was just like the loudest booming thing you could ever hear. It was just like the sound was just so overpowering. Huh? Yeah, you know, and I'm not the I'm not typically one to enjoy like like I I'm not a let's play watcher really like i don't watch i don't sit and watch a lot of those so i the prospect of me and i and i again i watch the league so obviously you know it's minor contradiction but like other than that like i imagine watching something like that because it's it's a it's a different environment you're not watching people like perform a physical feat in this in a traditional sense like you're watching people like at a computer kind of at this game but, like, seeing it on that scale, I feel like, will heighten that experience and give you that feeling. And I feel oh, like yeah. you, you said it, you know, right there and then. Like, 
you're not watching someone physically do something, but you have these guys that are like, you know, using extreme reflexes to do something in a game. Right. And I feel like that's why, you know, the sounds are like that. That's why, you know, yes. the volume was so high. And that's why, like, uh, they, they give you so much of like a visual, like input into yes. that. Like it's, it's, you have like a visual overload going to one of these events and you yeah. sort of have to, have to do that to get people hyped up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how it feel, you know, watching, uh, and, and I'm glad that, you know, people are getting hype and like the players are getting hype because I honestly, like, I hate it. I hate going to events and seeing like the people just sit there, play their game and not really pop off. Like, I love seeing pop people pop off. There yeah. is, there was a very much a crowd hive mind whenever it came to supporting teams. Like, uh, I want to say the second day or on Sunday, <laughs> everybody for some reason just started cheering for the Chengdu Hunters and they won. See? <laughs> like, everybody started saying, let's go Hunters and clapping and they won. It was mm. just a, like, there's very much a hive mind experience. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that's an that's that's an experience that is very present. I'm I'm a huge NFL watcher. Like I I follow the NFL every almost every season. Um and I mean at home games they are they matter. Those mm-hmm. absolutely matter. Like you go there and you have an entire you have hundreds of thousands of people, you know, rooting for or against you. That tends to affect your game. Yeah, because uh space from valiant Mm -hmm. the week before uh one of the i don't think she was a caster but like someone who like asked questions like Mm -hmm. post-match she's like how are you how excited are you for the homestead match in dallas next week and he was like not at all because we're losing our la fans and we're going straight to dallas and he was fucking right because the entire stadium booed whenever they walked on stage yeah like it was a loud boo (laughs) and they lost 4-0 oh wow but then we kind of redeemed ourselves we the next day whenever they played against soul we cheered for them and they went to map five against soul so they didn't win but they they went to map five so they went to map five so all right and it was, and Sunday night against uh, Houston versus Dallas, it was a very much split 50-50 of Houston fans and Dallas fans. Yeah. I didn't realize how close Houston was to Dallas. It's only a four-hour drive from there. Only oh, only, only a four-hour drive. Only, yeah. Hey, um, is all of where the... I live down to Austin is nine hours, and I'm still in Texas. Jeez. So Texas it's... is really big. So That's I only say four it's only four hours. So real quick, I want to go back to something you said earlier. I, I need to know the answer to this. You mentioned that it was really funny seeing the announcers like stand there and in, in how they were just conducting themselves. Like what, what was going on? Um, they just kind of like at one point, one of the casters just turned to the big screen and just watched from there because he wanted to see the entire floor crowd just like cheering and getting up and stuff like that. And um, whenever they started the uh, Dallas and Houston game, I couldn't hear the casters at all, like introducing the, like saying, welcome everybody to game right. four or whatever. We yeah. cannot, 
I could not hear them at all because the crowd was so loud and I yeah. could not hear them. Talk. Yeah. I, I always find it weird. Like when I, like it's a great experience for me when I'm watching it because it's like, okay, they're talking directly to me. They're looking at the camera, but they're like always facing away from the crowd. I'm never sure if the crowd can hear them or what the purposes if they're just like disembodied voices. Because if you go to any other game, you don't really get commentators. Like you get like, there's a voice over the stadium, like if you go to a basketball, baseball, or whatever game, like they'll say like, you know, so and so tackle for five yards or something like that. Oh uh, no, they're always constantly casting the game. Okay. And it's whenever like the crowd is watching and say if OG gets the first pick, yeah. then the crowd is just yelling. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, like, stuff like that, but whenever that Houston-Dallas game, like, the introduction, we could yeah. not hear them. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, I, I'm really, really glad that you came on for that because I feel like I have a better understanding now, like, of, of the that experience. And I need to go look up some Atlanta tickets because I'm very curious now. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm curious I'm how excited. they're going to do because mm-hmm. I don't think – like you guys are the third game in your in your matches, and Dallas was the fourth for oh, both right. days. Right. So it's gonna be really weird. How like is everyone gonna stay for the fourth game, or are they just gonna bounce and like leave the stadium empty? Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a because, good point. Uh, since Dallas was the last games, like people would slowly throughout the day like go in and watch the games. Like no one. I stayed and watched all eight games, but there would be some people that would, like, slowly come in just to see their team play and then leave. Mm. Oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, and I feel like going there, like, I'll probably stay for one or two games, but I'm definitely going to be there for that Atlanta game. And, you know, that's, that's a good point since you sort of have, like, since you don't have the option of, like, getting up and leaving, like, if you're watching the stream at home, like, I, I guess... And like you said, there's other things to do while you're there. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go for the full experience, going to watch the matches that you would want to watch, and you know, go off and do other things. Oh, yeah. there was a there was a funny thing that happened. The very first match uh, on Saturday, like after the first map got played, the power went out at the stadium because there was a power grid failure in that whole uh, section. Like, it wasn't just the stadium that lost power, but everywhere else lost it. And so we had, like, a 30-minute delay, and we just kind of, like, sat there, and they started playing music to wait for all the, like, the game organization, like, the custom app stuff to get set up and everything like that. Yeah. And they started playing music, and there's videos of Jester uh, from London Spitfire dancing to All Star by Smash Mouth. (laughs) <laughs> dude i kid you fucking not they played old town road and i was I gonna ask to oh, they played old town road and i was like man i'm done i want to leave i don't want to hear this garbage song yeah. you read my mind and so i am pleased the the uh fourth games just by the way for saturday on the atlanta homestead is the charge and the dragons which is extremely hype for me um <laughs> And also, don't laugh. And then the, the Excelsior, the New York and Toronto on Sunday. And I think that is a pretty hype game. So. Yeah, you guys have some pretty like, you kind of, you guys kind of got the bottom of the barrel 
League. No, no, no offense to them, but like Wait. you have like Washington <laughs> Justice, Florida Mayhem. Dude, we've got like Philly. We got Philly, New York, Atlanta, Shanghai, Toronto. Yeah. What are you talking about? Wait, they changed it? No, it's always been this way. Was it? I thought I could have sworn it said like uh, Washington Justice, Florida well, just- Mayhem, and some well, yeah. other team. No, they're they're there. They are there. Uh, but I mean, uh, like out of like eight teams, like two of them being like not super great, like that's yeah. fine. Dude, New York is there in Philly. Like that's that's enough. Yeah. Um, so, um, I know we sort of I haven't even touched on like. I mean, do do you guys, uh, you know, want to spend the time to sort of talk about just Overwatch the game in general? Because I know there's a couple of, like, updates that they're planning on doing or have they done already? Yeah, let, let's go over them just really quickly. I know we're, we're running over on time, but let's let's, let's hit that really fast. Uh, Alana, do you want to uh, – Alana, oh, my God, I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's fine. Elena, <laughs> yeah. what are the bigger – like, the biggest changes for Overwatch? Like, what do we have to look forward to in the near future? Uh, Overwatch competitive changes are coming. Well, for the GM, you cannot, um, if you're over 4,000, you cannot, um, stack or play, you can only play duos. You cannot, uh, triple, like you can't be in a group of three or more. I did not. It's only twos. Wow. So are you going to get, are are you going to get ranked on a duo Q ranking? Or is it the same rank that you have? No, this is only strictly for, like, you cannot play with, uh, you can only play duos for GM players. But then uh, the other one is that the new roll lock system that is going to come to Overwatch. First, it's uh, from Slasher. He says that they're that might come to Overwatch League first to get rid of goats completely because apparently that's the only way Blizzard knows how to fix a game right. and not to delete Brig is to enforce two 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 lock. Yeah. Which yeah. is two tank, two DPS and two healers. Yeah. So thank God for DPS to come back. And then if that goes all well and good, that might go into the real game. Hmm. Okay. For everyone to play. Excellent, excellent. And okay, that's and, mainly the two things. And also, Havana is live right now. Oh yeah, that. So one. that I actually. I don't think I've played on that map. Um. Yeah, I have not played on it. I did not use get on the PC version and check it out on the PTR. But we've played a little bit of it from the event that just happened. Um. But I'm looking forward to it. Should be cool. But I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. So that man, so that's that's another another episode in the bag right there, episode eleven. Uh, and Elena, once mm-hmm. again, thank you for coming out and you know joining us this episode, giving us some some insight on Overwatch League. Um, I'm definitely hyped for it, and also just to like for people that sort of want to get into Overwatch League or just get into like local events in your city like just look into it like they're i know in atlanta like the atlanta gaming scene is definitely on the rise yeah so. it's, it's it's getting ready to boom yeah, yeah so Dallas is definitely up there for sure 
Yeah, so definitely like you know look into different groups online, look on Reddit, and I'm I'm pretty sure you could find groups and people that you know share the same passions. So uh, this man, what a time to be alive, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and roll out the red carpet, Elena. What you got for us? Anything you want to shout out? Um, can I shout out that I'm graduating this Saturday from college? Shout out to that! Yo, Shout congratulations! Out to that. Yeah, <laughs> cheers to you. Seriously, I'm done. Done with the school. Very nice. Very nice. All right. And what about you, Rod? What you got going on? As always, thank you to our special guest, Lana. Appreciate you coming out, talking about everything that you did. I really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who has checked us out on the streams that uh, we've been conducting for the last couple months, maybe. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for just tuning in to here in general. Check us out on every single podcast media platform you can get your hands on. We're pretty much everywhere. Um, comments like we're, we're not we don't ask for we're not asking for money, but we do ask for like comments, ratings, anything like anything like that. Ratings actually super help. So if you feel like you want to throw us some that would that's awesome uh like chris said earlier in the show emails are are really good we're thinking about doing an email segment so that would be really great um and uh, i think that's about it for me yeah so um you knocked out a lot of my points so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and, I, and i've said before you know i really appreciate you guys um we're, we're growing in community at some point you know we're gonna have you know these these streams. I love the little bounty thing that you did on on Smash. Like that was pretty cool. Um, some point down the road, like we're gonna open up the Discord to you guys. So, um, like I said, like we we definitely like it's all about the community, and that's what we're trying to build. We're trying to make the the brand brolic and here to have fun. So with that, that's another episode, guys. You know how I love to end these things. Go ahead and. <laughs> Drink full water, moisturize your ankles, take your vitamins, eat your greens. Don't sweat the small stuff, guys. You gotta read a little, little bit more. Keep people around you that'll tell you the truth. So those, those are the real ones right there. Be humble. Commit to things. Your greatest struggles are your greatest lessons. I like that one. And last but not least, guys, stay beastly. Peace.